Hey everybody, welcome to the hashtag Get Real Woke Podcast. I'm your host, Frederick D. Scott. And welcome to Hashtag For The Free Friday, where I come on and I week by week give you a step-by-step tutorial of things that I think you need to know to be able to put yourself in a better position personally or professionally, whether you are a business owner, whether you work for someone else, the things that I teach you are very important to your financial growth and your financial progress. Now, before I get into this week's uh, topic, I definitely need everybody to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification, leave me a comment on the bottom of this video, and most definitely hit the join button to join the hashtag Real Woke Live Chat community. Okay, we're going to get into it today. So, we on this hashtag for the free Friday, we are starting what I call my credit mastery series. And in this series, I'm going to go step by step and I'm going to teach you everything that you need to know about credit to be able to maintain, repair, grow your own credit without having to use someone else to do it. So I'm going to give you everything you need to know over the next about four or five weeks. I'm going to take it step by step and I'm going to break everything down. So of course, let's get right into this. So when we start credit mastery, the first thing we need to talk about is what is credit? What is credit? Okay. So in my view, credit is the most important thing that you have. It is the absolute most important thing you have personally and for business. And we'll get into business credit uh, in a few weeks. But for now, we're talking about credit for a person, for an individual. And, And credit, honestly, it's your lifeline. Credit is so many different things for you. But most importantly, it's a lifeline for you. Listen, If you fall on hard times, if you lose your job, if something happens unfortunate in your life, you have good credit. You always have a place where you can go to get money via a credit card, an installment loan, et cetera, et cetera. And that is going, that could be the difference between you making it through and getting evicted, losing your home etc cetera, etc cetera. so credit is a lifeline credit is also something that can be used to make you more money for example you might decide that you want to start a business you might decide that you want to buy a piece of real estate to rehab and and turn and sell or to buy and put a renter in well if you have good credit you are much more applicable and it's much more possible for you to be able to secure the loan you need to be able to secure that property. Even if you have cash in the bank and you can say, hey, I can pay for this property all cash, that may not make sense. Why tie up all that cash that you have available to yourself to use when you can use someone else's money via a loan or via an equity partner, and we'll get into equity uh, uh, later on as we continue to progress down our hashtag for the free Friday journey. But 
why tie up your cash flow when you can use someone else's money and you can put yourself in a position to make more money with that money if it is used correctly, if it is used smartly. So credit is a lot of different things for you. And I think credit is a very, very important thing. Now, why is credit important? Well, we just talked about that, right? We talked about why credit is important to you and, and, and all the different things that you can do uh, with your credit that, that, that is going to help you out tremendously. So now let's get into this. So from this point forward, I'm no longer going to call this credit, right? Now I'm going to teach you the terms that you need to know. So we're going to start with some terms, right? And we're going to start with an understanding of, of, of some key terms. So in the banking industry, we don't call it your credit. We call it your FICO score. So we don't say credit score. We say FICO score. What is your FICO score? So you need to understand that when someone in the lending community, in the financial community, right, is, is asking you what your FICO score is, they're asking you what your credit score is. And, and they are, for the most part, the same thing but I'm going to get into some credit scoring differences a little bit later in this video. But when a lender asks you what your FICO score is, they're asking you what your credit score is. Now, fair enough, you know, some lending institutions, you know, the sales agents like the loan officer, or if you go to a car dealership, you know, the car salesman, they may not know it is FICO. They may say, what's your credit score? When they're asking you what your credit score is, please believe me, they're asking you what your FICO score is. And we're going to talk about why that is here shortly. Now, let's get into this. So first of all, what is FICO? What does FICO stand for? FICO stands for the Fair Isaac Credit Organization, the Fair Isaac Credit Organization. Now, so, so this is a private company. Okay, this company was started in 1956. And when it was first started, it was called Fair Isaac and Company, right? So it has definitely changed its name since then. Uh, it's gone through several acquisitions. So several, several other companies have owned the Fair Isaac Credit Organization over the years. And you know, why, why was the FICO score created? So let's let's go back into history. Before FICO scores were created, before the FICO scoring system was in place, financial institutions had a hodgepodge kind of way of rating someone's uh, credit uh, and credit worthiness for loans and, and things of that nature. So every institution was different. Every institution had their own guidelines as far as they considered uh, credit worthiness and, and all of those things. And, and what was happening is, you know, financial institutions, they, they were a, you know, some financial institutions weren't as good at rating credit as other financial institutions. So of course they had a lot of loans that weren't getting paid, you know, a lot of bad debt on the books, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, two gentlemen that had met at a at a what we call a, a top end uh, uh, if, uh, uh, university, uh, one of those top end interviews, you know, the Yales, the Stanfords, the Browns, all of that. So they went to one of those high end, you know, high quality institutions and one was a mathematician and they got together and they created a, a set of, of 
basic scoring algorithms that are used that could quickly uh, uh, get a snapshot of someone's credit worthiness using a set of, of, of principles to check on. And so, you know, the financial institutions like this, because the financial institutions were actually looking for something just like this and had been commissioning people to develop something specifically like this to be able to better rate scores. See, what you have to understand about financial institutions is we don't have time to sit around and, and ask a lot of questions. Remember, financial institutions, banks are lenders. And if you watched my video, uh, PPP loan processing secrets, uh, I went into what a lender is, what a lender really is, what a bank really is, what they do, kind of how they work, right? And so understand that, you know, if you are a bank, you are a lender. If you are a lender, your goal, your ultimate objective is to lend money as, as much as you can, as quickly as you can, so you can continue to collect your interest payments and hit your targeted rate of return so you can increase shareholder value, right? So if I have to sit down as a loan underwriter or as a loan officer for a bank, and I have to talk to you about why your credit is bad or hear a story about what happened. Your credit was good. And now over the last 90 days, you've had some problems, what happened, et cetera, et cetera. We don't have time for all of that, right? So what the FICO scoring system did was put a set of, of, of parameters in place that could automatically weigh your credit worthiness based on a number of criteria like utilization rate, which we're going to talk about next week, credit mix, which we're going to talk about next week, age of your credit. We're going to talk about that next week. So there's a number of different criteria that go into weighing your credit worthiness and, and all of those factors weighed together generate a mathematical score uh, for you. Right. And that score ranges between four and eight hundred. Right. Eight hundred being, you know, perfect and four hundred being, you know, in the toilet. Right. So that's, that's pretty much how that goes. Now. On Wall Street, and I'd just like to share this with you, on Wall Street, and we'll talk about this more when we talk about lending and the five C's of lending, which will be uh, some weeks from now, we're going to get into how the lending process works. And I'm going to teach you about the five C's of lending. But one of the C's is what we call character. Character is your FICO score. It is the overall uh, uh, quality of your FICO profile, your credit profile, right? And, and the overall FICO score that is generated based on those set criteria and factors, the mathematical score that the algorithm produces based on the quality of the different factors that are being weighed, that all generates and all comes into what we call your character. And why do we call your credit profile, your FICO score, your character? Let me tell you. Okay. So character is about your ability to keep your word, right? Everybody has a story. Everybody falls on hard times. All of that. As I told you, as a financial institution, we don't have time to sit around. We don't have time to hear stories. We don't have time to get into everybody's personal situation. So character, what character does for us, what it does is, it tells us who you are. If you borrow money from someone, I'll give you a good example. 
You borrow money from someone, you don't pay it on time. We're going to see that in your credit profile. We're going to see 30 days late, 60 days late, 90 days late. We might see if you just stop paying altogether, it might be in collections, et cetera, et cetera. If we see a number of those kind of what we call red flag items on your credit profile, bottom line, as far as the Wall Street and financial institutions are concerned, you are a liar. You're a liar. You do not do the things that you say you're going to do. All the stories in the world don't matter because at the end of the day, you made a commitment that if we, if the financial institution loaned you money, that you would pay it as agreed on the date that it's supposed to be paid. You would pay that with the interest every single month, period. And the moment you don't do that, you're a liar to us. That's the bottom line, period. That's just how that works. Now, something else, right? Let's say you got child support obligations, tax liens, all of those great, wonderful things. So if you got a child support obligation, okay, you might say that, hey, you know, my, my, the mother of my children, my baby mama is crazy, right? She tripping, you know, I'm trying to do the right thing by her and the kid, but you know, at the end of the day, she just crazy. She mad because we ain't together. All of that stories, all of that stories. We don't want to hear that, right? Because how we look at you is, and you may not like this, but it's the truth. We look at you as a deadbeat father. We feel that, hey, man, if you was doing what you're supposed to be doing, first and foremost, you knew who she was when you laid down with her. And if you didn't, it's your fault for laying down with her so fast and unprotected. Let's just start there, right? But, you know, at the end of the day, you should have known who she was before you laid down with her. So you should have made some better decisions when you were considering laying down with this person, et cetera, et cetera. So it is what it is at this point. And if you were doing what you're supposed to be doing, you'd be taking care of the child, taking care of her, and there wouldn't be no need for these issues anyway. So as far as the financial institution is concerned, you are a deadbeat father, point blank, period. And so think about it like this, right? This is your character. So the financial institutions look at it like this. Hey, man, if this person is not even taking care of his own child, right, which should be the number one priority in his or her life, if you're not even doing those things, why, then I don't stand a chance as a lender, right? Because if you won't take care of the obligations there, you definitely ain't going to take care of the obligations here. So you're a much higher risk category and in a much higher probability of getting denied for that loan that you need, right? So remember, FICO, your credit profile is your character. That's what it is. It is a snapshot of who you are at that time, a historical view of who you are today and who you have been over however long you've had credit and however long the age of your credit. Let's say you've got a, you know, a credit card that's been on your credit profile for, let's say, five years. Right. So who you are over that five year period of time, we see that because it's on your credit profile. So that is most definitely your character. Now. Here's the interesting thing about FICO scores, right? Did you know that there are different FICO scores for different things, right? And I want to talk about this, you know, and this is why, you know, I think an introduction before I get into the hows and whys of, of fixing credit and doing all of those things, I think it's very important to just get a little baseline understanding here, right? There are different FICO scores for different things, okay? So, for example, you may go into a bank and apply for a mortgage. And you might get, say, your FICO score is 720, right? Now, you may go the same day to an auto dealer 
the auto dealer will pull your score and your FICO will be a 715. And you're wondering why is it, hey, wait a minute, I just went to the bank and they told me it was a 720. Now I'm here trying to get a car and you telling me it's a 715 or a 710 or a 700. Why is that? Okay, let's talk about that. So the Fair Isaac Credit Organization has expanded its credit risk scoring model quite considerably over the years. And so for different things, they have different types of scores that weight the different factors that are being uh, looked at when, when the algorithm is looking at your profile. It weighs those things differently based on the scoring model that they're using, right? So, I mean, God, we're all the way up to FICO score model nine at this point, right? And under these different FICO scoring models, you have different FICO scoring criteria. Okay, don't let this confuse you because I know you're going to be like, wow, that, that's crazy. But it's actually really simple, right? Okay, so you have FICO score model five, four, and two, right? So five, four, and two are what mortgage companies use. That's what, I'm sorry, what uh, banks use, lenders. Lenders that are trying to give you a loan for a house, mortgages, things like that. They use generally FICO score model five, four, and two, right? Now, I want you to know, and I forgot to add this to you, that 80, over 80% 80 of, of lenders in general use the FICO score as a scoring model. And we'll talk about that in a second. But okay, so for mortgages, they're using FICO score model five, four, and two. And you need to know that, right? So when you go and look at your, your credit profile or you pay like Experian or you pay like a myfico.com, et cetera, et cetera, you log in and you look at your scores, what you're seeing is FICO score model eight, right? You're seeing a FICO score model eight score. And the FICO score model eight score may not necessarily be reflective of what your score would be under FICO score model five, four, or two, the ones that the lenders use for mortgages. So it's very important that when you are talking to lenders about mortgages or anything for that matter, it's important that you understand what FICO scoring model they're using because then you can check your FICO score under that model and you can see exactly what your FICO score is, right? Now, so that's FICO score five, four, and two. FICO scoring model five, four, and two. That's what majority of lenders are using to, to rate you for a mortgage. Now, here's the interesting thing. When you go in to try to get a car, most lenders that are weighing you to, to your, your credit worthiness for a vehicle are using what's called FICO auto score modeling five, four, and two, right? So they're using FICO auto score five, four, and two which is under the five, four, and two model, but weighs the different criteria of your credit profile differently than it does for mortgages. So the score you see under FICO score model five, four, and two for mortgages would be different than the FICO score you see for FICO auto score model five, four, and two which is what most lenders are using right now, right? As it relates to uh, auto for, to weighing you for an auto loan. Now, there are some auto lenders that use FICO, uh, FICO auto scoring model eight, 
right? So that, you know, some lenders are using that and some lenders are, are actually upgrading and starting to use FICO Auto Score 9. That's the newest FICO scoring model that they just rolled out recently. So some lenders are beginning, a lot of lenders, it's getting the use of FICO Score Model 9 is increasing. So uh, a lot of lenders are starting to ramp up and move towards FICO score model nine. Now, you wanna go get a credit card, right? So you decide to apply for a credit card. There is a FICO score model for this too, right? And it's called FICO bank card five, four, and two. So the FICO bank card model five, four, and two, right? Models five, models four, and models two, right? Are different. They are the way they rate the criteria on your credit profile for credit cards is different than for auto loans and home loans. It's different. So it's very important that you understand these things right here, because when you're applying for a loan, you need to know what that lender is using. So you're on point with what the situation is, period. Like you need to be on point with that right now. Uh, why is it, and I want to talk about this really quickly, why is it that, you know, you're like, well, hold on, wait a minute. If they're at FICO score model nine, why is it that all lenders aren't using FICO score model nine? Okay, let's talk about that. So it could be a number of different things, right? So the two primary reasons why it is that, you know, lenders uh, and why it is that FICO score model eight didn't gain the wide acceptance that the Fair Isaac Credit Organization thought it did was simple. Lenders didn't like it. Lenders didn't like the way it was weighting the criteria on the credit profile. So they opted not to use it. And when you are asking someone for money, uh, a lender, right? The lender gets to choose how they weigh your, your credit worthiness. They choose the model they want to use that's most comfortable for their risk profile at their financial institution. Some use five, some use four, some use two, some use all three of them and take the weighted average. I mean, so it really depends on the financial institution, right? And so that is, that is, that's very important to understand as well. Now, you know, what we're, what we're seeing across the industry at this point is that, you know, lenders are, are liking FICO score model nine a lot better than they were liking FICO score model eight. So there has been an increased usage in FICO score model nine. But another reason why lenders may not want to uh, upgrade is because there's a cost associated with upgrading to a new FICO scoring model. So the financial institution definitely has to pay the cost to retool uh, to, first of all, upgrade to FICO score model nine and retool all of their risk models to fit the new uh, risk rating, uh, the risk weighting uh, uh, procedure that, that FICO is rolled out with. And some lenders just don't want to spend the money. And so for that reason, they stick with what they, what is working for their institution, what has been working for their institution, and they don't change. So that that is a, a thing you need to know as well. So, you know, the key takeaway that I want you to take away from this portion of the discussion is to understand uh, that, first of all, 80 percent of lenders use the FICO scoring model to weigh your credit worthiness and that there are different FICO scoring models for different things. And you need to understand specifically what FICO scoring model the lender is using. So that way you can look at your score under that FICO scoring model and get a good understanding of what your FICO score is for the specific thing that you're trying to get at that time. Now, 
Another thing I want to talk about. So a lot of y'all, you know, have credit karma. And that's that's cool. A lot of y'all got that Experian product too, where you can log into Experian and you know you get a free look at your credit score. Credit Karma gives you a free look at your credit score and all of that. And I'm saying credit score for a reason. I'm gonna get to that in a second. Now, and a lot of y'all looking at, at, at Credit Karma and y'all like, man, my credit is fire. And then you go to apply for something and they tell you that your credit score is lower than what you thought it was and you pull out your credit karma and you like, but look, I'm looking at my credit karma right here and my credit karma says this. So I don't understand yet with the neck roll and everything, you know, you know, so if you, you know, if you, you one of our sisters, you know, at this point you tight, right? So you got the neck roll going on. You like, wait a minute now, hold up. Now my FICO score say X, Y, and Z right here. I mean, my credit score say X, Y, and Z on credit karma. So I don't know what you talk about. You roll it and everything, right? You about to flip out, turn over desk, do all of that. Hold up, hold up, sis. Let me stop you right there. And let me explain to you what's really going on, right? Companies like credit karma, companies like, like you know, even this new Experian free uh, credit score looking thing, they're not using the FICO score that the lenders use. They're using what's called a Vantage score. Very few lenders use Vantage score to weigh your credit worthiness. Vantage score is trash. So if you Vantage score actually makes your credit look better than what it really is, to be quite honest with you. Vantage score is trash. Do not believe Credit Karma. Credit Karma is a liar. Anybody that is using or any company that is giving you a, a credit score and using Vantage score 3.0, 2.0, any version of Vantage score, the Vantage scoring model, stay away from them. It's garbage. It's a false sense of security. They lying to you. You know what I mean? Because the fact of the matter is that is not what over 80% of lenders are going to be using when they look at your credit profile. They are going to be using the FICO scoring models that I outlined previously, point blank period. So if you really want to know what time it is, look for your FICO score. And yes, you know, you're going to pay a couple of dollars to get access to your FICO score. It's worth a couple of dollars to understand, you know what I mean, what your FICO score is. Period. Pay the money. It's worth it. It's an investment into your credit health. And we're going to get into that as we progress down our credit mastery series. All right. Now, let's talk about these credit bureaus. Let's talk about these credit bureaus, right? So there are three credit bureaus, three credit bureaus that are important that matter, right? Three credit bureaus. It's TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian are the three credit bureaus that when the financial institution goes to check your credit worthiness, they're pulling your credit profile from these three bureaus to look at the score that has been generated by the FICO scoring model and reported to these three bureaus, period. Now, here's the interesting thing. Let me tell you what they do and what they are, right? So what you need to know is 
And a lot of people don't know this about the credit bureaus, but what you need to know is the credit bureaus are the large, largest repositors in the nation for credit information on consumers. They are the largest repositories of information for consumer credit in the United States, period. Nobody has more information on consumer credit information and consumer credit profiles and consumer credit worthiness than TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. And that's just what it is. So, of course, they're not government. None of these bureaus are government organizations. They're private companies. And when you're a private company, what's your number one goal and objective? To make money, to increase the revenue on your balance sheet and thereby, and by increasing revenue, be able to increase shareholder value. So guess what? They don't only collect information from creditors, lenders who have lent you money and pay a fee to report your credit history month over month to the credit bureaus because lenders have to pay a fee to be able to report your information to the credit bureaus. They pay a fee for that, right? They also pay a fee when they want to pull your credit report and check your credit profile and your FICO score, they also have to pay a fee to do that. So, and I'm gonna get into why, and I'm gonna get into that a little bit more when I when I get into this next part, because it's funny. But here's the thing, right? Do you know what makes the most money for the credit bureaus? It is not maintaining the information, it is selling the information. So all three credit bureaus sell your credit information to qualified institutions and, and companies. And these companies use that information to be able to market to you. Let me give you a good example of what I'm talking about. You ever got a pre-approval in the mail? where some lender has sent you a piece of mail that says you're pre-approved for a loan from them. You're pre-approved for a credit card for, for a credit card from them. The reason why they know that you are pre-approved, now mind you, they're still going to have to do their underwriting, check your financials, do all of those great wonderful things and we'll get into that when we get into lending later on uh in our hashtag for the free journey here, right? But here's the thing, right? The reason why they know that you're pre-approved is because they have bought information from the credit bureaus and based on a preliminary review of the information they bought, they believe that it would be a greater than not likelihood that you would qualify for a loan, qualify for a credit card, qualify for that car, et cetera, et cetera. And they now market to you to let you know that you are pre-approved. So you will apply because they believe you're going to qualify, but you know, greater likelihood than not that you're going to qualify and they want to lend you that money so they can charge you the interest rate so they can make you some money. So don't get it twisted. It's the credit bureaus that are selling this information 
to financial institutions and lenders and lenders pay a fee for that information. It is a big business to sell consumer uh, credit data. It is a big business. So that is what that is. Just know that, right? And a lot of y'all are gonna say they can't do that. Actually, they can, they can. And I, I could get into all the legal reasons of how they get around that, what you sign when you sign your loan agreements, what you agree to, because part of signing your loan agreements is that you agree that the lender is going to be reporting your information and that the third party that they're reporting to has the right at their discretion to sell your information to other interested parties, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, when you sign loan documents, you know, the loan documents are like this thick. Most people don't read their loan documents. If you take the time and just read every single page, you're going to realize that you've given third party authorization for your information to be sold. That's how it works. And because you gave that to the lender, you've given them a right to assign that benefit, that third party benefit to someone else. The agreement that they sign when they pay the fee to report the information to the credit bureau is that they, they sign a, a non-exclusive assignment of, of information, the right to then be able to turn and use that information how they see fit, which up to and including selling the information. Isn't that crazy? Like all these little things that you, you know, you discover when you learn how credit really works right now. So that is, that is, that, that is in a nutshell, uh, what I want to tell you about transient Equifax and Experian. Now, if you've ever noticed and you've looked at your three credit scores from transient and Equifax and Experian, you will notice, right? That Sometimes the scores are different. What the score, what the FICO score is for TransUnion, what the FICO score is for Equifax, and what the FICO score is for Experian are three totally different numbers. One may be reporting you as a 720, one may be reporting you as a 710, and one may be reporting you as a 700, right? Why is that? Okay. So remember, and this is where it gets interesting now, right? Remember, I told you that the lender has to pay a fee to report your payment history to the credit bureaus. Some lenders don't wanna pay the fee for all three credit bureaus. Some lenders are just interested in reporting to one. So when you see different scores between TransUnion, Equifax and Experian between the three credit bureaus, take a look at the credit profile itself. Look at the credit profile and what you will see is that some lenders are reporting on one, but they're not reporting on the other two, or they may be reporting on two and not another one. You'll see that information on one credit profile may not be the same as information on the other two or two out of the three or, or one out of the three, et cetera, et cetera. That's because that lender is only paying a fee, for example, to Equifax because they only care about reporting to Equifax. And so therefore they're not interested in paying the fee because you got to think about it, right? You know, lenders, they're lending to hundreds of thousands of millions upon millions of people year over year over year over year. So imagine that the fee to report on all of those people is quite expensive. Now, so now your bigger institutions, especially the ones that are issuing you loans for mortgages, oh, they report to all three. They're going to pay that. They, 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 they report to all three. Believe that. But, you know, a lot of your smaller institutions, your smaller lenders, you know, small credit card loans, they just don't want to absorb the fee of, of reporting to all three credit bureaus because, I mean, their targeted rate of return has to be uh, has to take into account all of the expenses 
for them to be able to uh, properly maintain and manage your, your loan. And part of the expenses that goes into managing your loan is reporting your payment history to the credit bureaus. For so, so for some institutions, especially smaller and mid-tier institutions, they feel it just sufficient to be able to report to one, right? And that's it. Now, so I wanted to cover that. So now you know why the scores are different. Now, out of everything that I've covered here, I hope the thing that you've learned is when you're looking at your FICO score, when you're looking at your credit profile, right, what you find is who is the credit profile really for, right? Who is it for? Who does it benefit the most? Does it benefit you the most or does it benefit the lender the most? I'm going to tell you. Credit profiles are for lenders, unless you got a girlfriend or a boyfriend who, who is one of them type that, you know, in order to take you seriously and, and, and to, you know, consider life building with you, they want to look at your credit profile. I mean, most men and women don't do that. You know what I mean? But there are some out there that, you know, before they decide they want to build a life with you, they want to see that credit profile because they ain't messing with nobody ain't got that got trash credit. But generally, the people that are really interested in looking at your credit profile are, are lenders financial institutions. Some employers look at it. Uh, if you've got to get a security clearance, if you're in one of those jobs that requires that you're dealing with finances or dealing with people's money, things like that, those employers will look at your credit history. But by far and by wide, the most, the, the, the biggest user of, of the credit profile and the, and the FICO scoring uh, algorithm that's, uh, and the score that's produced from the algorithm uh, that, that, that derives this information from what's on your credit profile, uh, is lenders. And, and that's just that, right? So I wanted to share that with you as well. So your credit profile is to the benefit of the lender, uh, is not to your benefit. And when we get into, you know, how, uh, FICO scores are broken down how your credit profile is broken down and all of those different things, uh, you're going to see how much it inures to the benefit because, you know, good positive payment history will do great, wonderful things for your credit score, but miss a payment and see how bad that hurts your FICO score. You know what I mean? Like, so there's that. Lastly, uh, I want to talk about the laws that govern uh, uh, FICO scores and, 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 and credit profiles in general. I want to talk about the two federal laws that govern that, and because we're going to be referencing those laws uh, quite frequently uh, when I'm teaching you, you know, all the steps that you need to take to be able to dispute things on your credit profile uh, and be able to, to address certain inefficiencies on your credit profile properly, um, you're gonna be you know, using these laws uh, in, 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 the, in, these, in the discourses that you're gonna be having with the credit bureaus and, and the creditors. So I wanna tell you about these two laws and I'm also gonna drop them in the description. I'm gonna drop links in the description so you can go ahead and review them for yourself. Look at them, they're kind of exhaustive, kind of long. Worth the read though, definitely worth the read if you're really interested in, in understanding the ins and outs of, of, of what governs credit. Uh, I would highly recommend that you read those laws. But the first law is, the Fair Credit Reporting Act, and that's 15 U.S.C. subsection 1681. 15 U.S.C. subsection 1681, right? So that is the Fair Credit Reporting Act. And the Fair Credit Reporting Act governs the way in which the process and procedure and legal uh, 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 requirements uh, for reporting credit to the credit bureaus, how the credit bureaus report that information, how they share that information, 
uh, et cetera. Now, one of the key points in, in Fair Credit Reporting Act is, is it has to be transparent, fair, and accurate. Transparent, fair, and accurate. And we're going to talk about that as we get into uh, our credit mastery series here. We get further along this journey. Um, we're going to talk about what that means and, and how you find inefficiencies on, on transparency, fairness, and, and accuracy to be able to get things uh, removed off your credit. Uh, second law, the second law I want to tell you about, the, the second of the two laws that uh, that govern the way uh, uh, credit reporting works in the United States is the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, and that's 15 U.S.C. subsection 1692. That's uh, 15 U.S.C. subsection 1692, Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. Now, the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, this governs how lenders and collection agencies go about collecting debt. There is a very stringent pro protocol, procedure, rules, and legislations for how this goes. And here's a hint, right? Majority of your lenders, I would go as far as to say 90 to 95% of them do not follow this law to the letter. And because of that, right? Hey, listen, it's very simple. The onus when it comes to debt collection on following the law properly is to the lender and collection agency. If they don't handle the process in accordance with the law, they cannot collect on the debt. And I'm going to talk about that as we go down this journey because that's where you're going to win at. A lot of your wins on your credit profile are going to come from the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. Yeah, you're going to get some wins on the Fair Credit Reporting Act too because there are sometimes reporting issues as well. But where you get to, where you make your money at, where you really begin to uh, positively affect your uh, credit profile when you've had some setbacks, some lates, some collections, some delinquencies, things like that, is in the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. So I'm really excited to get into that with you guys, uh, kind of share that with you guys and get into the step-by-step -step of how you do this. And, and I've, I've written some letters as well. Uh, I've written all the letters that you need as well. So I'm going to be providing those to you as well. Hashtag for the free. So you can really do this for yourself. You know what I mean? Cost of a stamp, certified mail uh, receipt, uh, and an envelope. And uh, you can send this thing out and do it for yourself. You know what I mean? I believe this should be free. So I'm dropping the hashtag for the free. Hey, listen. So that's all I have for y'all today. You know what I mean? So welcome to the Credit Mastery Series. I hope y'all like this first discussion. I hope y'all show up for the, the next parts of this series because uh, we're going to get deep. We're going to get really, really deep. Hey, listen, I appreciate y'all as always. I appreciate y'all taking the time to listen to what I have to say, allowing me to uh, share my knowledge and information with you guys. And make sure you hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, Turn on your bell notification by hitting that little bell button in the corner. Drop me a comment at the bottom of this video. Let me know what you think. And make sure you hit the join button to join the hashtag Real Woke Live chat community. All of the support that you guys provide is what allows me to continue to keep making this great content and roll out additional and even more programs and initiatives that benefit 
our community. I thank everybody that supports me already. I appreciate you guys more than you know, because your support is what makes this content possible. Thank you guys so much. And I look forward to seeing y'all on the next hashtag for the free Friday. Ahalos.